Hello, hello. Welcome to episode four of the Banter Podcast and this fantastic season two. We're bringing it to you live this season. And before we get started, I just want to take a, take a second to mention that you should subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star rating if you haven't already. It's a great way for people to find out what we have going here in season two. And as we start up episode four, I'd like to throw it over to my comrades on this podcast today. And coming to you live from Athens, Alabama, Mr. Dave Johnson. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Dave. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. And I'm hoping a third person on our podcast is doing well. And that is coming to, and that person is Gregory Swanner. I am here. Are you doing well, Greg? (laughs) I'm doing all right, I guess. Hey, Dave. All right. Come on. You got to complete the circle. Me and Dave are doing well. The triangle, if you will. Triangle of wellness. <laughs> I'm doing well. Good. Um, so as we start this episode four, um, if you're not familiar with our format, we always start off with our bold claims section. It's a hard-hitting section, and it's a hard-hitting section that can be start off with a hard hitter, and that's someone who we've now confirmed is doing well, and that person is Greg. Greg, give us, give us your bold claim this week. So this week I'm coming to you super current. One issue on the minds of everyone is this Donald Trump tax issue. Has he paid taxes in recent history? Now, first, let me let me offer this caveat that uh, I'm, I'm not a big Trump guy myself, not a big supporter. With that said, though, I think the has he paid tax issue is not an issue. Given recent events from the New York Times who say that in 1995, he had a massive $900 million loss. Okay, that's pretty poor on his part. But if that's the case, then it's totally within his right to carry that loss forward for as long as he can, up to 18 years, until that loss is gone. So I think if that's what happened, good. I mean, fine. That's totally legal. Why would he have paid taxes if he didn't have to pay taxes? And you might argue if he was running for president, he should want to pay taxes just to help out the country anyway. But I, judging by him, I'd say he decided to run for president like two days before he absolutely had to. So he probably didn't have the foresight to plan for that. So not a Trump guy, but if this is the biggest issue that we're going to poke at him for, I, I think that's not, not ideal. Yeah, I don't think it's a – well, it's not an issue – for him as a candidate that he didn't do that he was just taking advantage of advantage of the whatever tax structure that was presented in front of him i think it just reveals that there might be an issue with our tax structure and that a really rich guy didn't pay taxes for a long time i agree with you also greg i think it's interesting and this is kind of heard of on some of the other podcasts i listen to um which plug here get involved in some political podcasts they're great things to listen to if you want to be informed um, it talked about how uh, when you think about the 2012 election and how Romney got hit for not paying many taxes at all, but Trump is turning that talking point around and saying, hey, guys, I didn't pay taxes. This shows how smart I am at, at business. Like, it's a good thing. And that kind of lends, lends a little bit of credence to what you're saying, Greg. Like, if you're not supposed to or if you don't have to pay taxes, then why would you pay taxes? But the media right. doesn't have that. Now, I don't agree with Trump's whole buildup, like the fact that he wasn't forthright with it. That was super sketchy. And that's right. why I'm saying that big deal. But the fact that he's 
still not fessing up makes I'm not convinced that that's the whole story. The fact that he had that 900 million loss that he cared for, and that's why he didn't pay taxes, coming up and like saying, "Hey, that's what happened." So the fact that he's still being kind of silent and secretive, more to the story. Yeah, Greg. So I, I kind of hear what you're saying, um, and really, what a valid point you brought up about looking to be transparent with what you're doing. You wouldn't really suspect anyone of any misdoing if they were upfront with you about what they're doing but the way this has all come out makes it seem like he's hiding something uh, i could definitely see that all right dave um moving on from greg's very timely and current topic uh why don't you give us something about uh your bold claim this week all right i'm going to preface my bold claim by saying that friday was a very big day because two things happened on friday Similar things. There was a release of the new Drive By Truckers album and also the new Bonnie Vare album, or however you say his name. And, you know, that got me thinking about how people all the time say, like, ah, oh, I wish it was the 70s era of rock music. That was the best era for music. Or, oh, 80s pop music. That was the best era for music. But really, I think now is the best era for music. Now is a time where you don't have to listen to just the radio. You can listen to whatever you want. So I can, in one weekend, get a new, like, southern rockish drive-by truckers album but also new bonnie Vare album which is electronic i guess i don't know it's weird but i like it and i feel like you know now's the time where you can get all that different kind of music readily available to you so now is the best era for music i think i would dispute that i i agree but go ahead greg um i i just think that the fact that there's so much of so many kinds of music accessible and by accessible, it's like you can literally just log onto a computer and listen to a ton of different music. Whereas in the past, you'd literally have to have the physical copy of a CD or a record of some kind, maybe even a cassette tape for us 90s children. But yeah, I think that's totally changed the game and made music better than ever. I think when we say better than ever, we're hearkening back to all of history throughout. And when you think that, well, that far back, I think back to perhaps the end of the Baroque period, and the beginning of the classical era. Now, while, I mean, obviously accessibility at that time wasn't like it is now. Like, you can't get the type of variety we're talking about, but if we're talking about just the quality of composition, what was done to music in that era hasn't really changed a whole lot since we had those Mozart, Beethoven-type minds influence what we're doing. And... You know, their their presence is still felt. I feel like they put out the best music overall. But, like, I mean, I, I really like what's going on now, and I like our music now better. But that's all I have to say. So you think, like, Mozart and Beethoven were, like, the peak of musical innovation? Yeah. Dude, have you heard of Beck? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Bach did some good things, too. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think it's, I think it's consistently, like, innovating. Like the new Bonnie Vare album, it doesn't sound like anything I've heard before, really. Which it's a mix of things that came before it, but everything's a mix of things that came before it. Even like what Bach and Beethoven did. Right. But I think that I think the jump that they made there from from what was before is is greater. You're saying that Beethoven th- was more influential than T Pain <laughs> rhyming Wisconsin with Mansion? <laughs> And when you put it like that, I'm I'm kind of hesitating, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, Tim T Pain can sing. He was on that NPR Tiny Desk thing, and he's got he's got some some pipes. He can sing real well. He just chose to be an innovator. <laughs> That's right. 
he changed the auto-tune game. I mean, auto-tune and was an innovation. I feel like you can't argue against that. Bomar in. Appreciated that. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he... <laughs> Speaking of innovations and changing the game, I'm going to lead that right into my bold claim, which last week uh, we took a little hiatus from our, our recording session, which you guys won't miss a week, so don't worry. But I, uh, I took my time off, and I invested myself into the political spectrum, which, you know, I, I go in and out of because I just have, you know, I get get going into it and I'm excited about, you know, becoming politically involved and then I get frustrated with the system. And this fell more to the latter side of the spectrum. Political debates, the way they're set up, it's, I don't know, I don't feel like the questions get answered. So last week's political debate, like we had some substantive things said at the beginning of the debate, but then after that we were debating like character issues and we hardly got to any policy throughout the whole debate because we were talking about temperament or trustworthiness, which, you know, honestly, okay, I understand with the candidates we have, but I feel like we're just watching that to be like a soap opera, and we're not watching it to, like, figure out what would actually make our country better. And then after the debate, we have a whole, like, press involvement that's just called a spin room where you're trying to take what happened in the debate and put a spin on it which is not how it should be. People should be making up their own minds about what happened in the debate. And here we have all the media being like, I'm going to tell you what happened in the debate. And they do all these instant polls. I don't know. I just feel like that's not what America is about. Like we should go look for the facts and then figure out what's going on on our own. I don't know. I mean, it's not perfect. And a lot of times they don't really answer the questions, but I think if you have the right moderator, and then the, I like in this one what they tried to do by keeping the audience out of it, which I don't think they should even have an audience there. That doesn't really seem necessary, but I don't know. I feel like with well, the right moderator, who's going to really drive them on the questions being asked and on actually answering the questions being asked, the debates could be useful. Well, it looks like I'm in a unique position here because we have Jacob on one side and Dave on the other. So I get to determine who the winner is. And it's definitely Jacob, without a doubt. That debate was terrible, horrible. They didn't answer anything. They literally just attacked each other the whole time. Lester Holt, maybe you're right about the moderator, but he was totally biased towards Clinton. He hushed the crowd one time, and that was after a Trump question, and then they cheered a lot after Clinton. He didn't hush them at all. And Trump just went on rants where he was saying nothing substantial, which the moderator totally should have cut him off and been like, hey, dude, you're way off topic and not answering my question. So I thought the debate was a poop show that offered no insight. To me, I was like, I'm not a big fan of either candidate, so maybe I could be swayed by what was said, and nothing in that debate swayed me one way or the other. So that's my two cents. Okay, if we're talking about just the last debate, yeah, the last debate didn't do anything. I wasn't saying it was a good debate. I was just saying the idea of a debate, like I think there could be a successful debate. I was not saying the last oh. debate was the, was that. <laughs> okay, well then, yeah, I agree that a debate could be useful. but I don't think we should not. have any more for this election. I don't think we're getting anything out of this election in a debate. That's my opinion, but... I don't know. I didn't see anything unless we make some kind of drastic change where maybe the moderator like Lester Holt has a mute button in which he can mute the candidates when they go over. 
or perhaps mute them if they're not answering the question. But I mean, do we really want to make these debates like a game show? Is another question we have to deal <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, because a trap floor could be cool. A trap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Is um is CNN doing one? Isn't Anderson Cooper going to moderate one? I don't know. Probably. I, his, I mean, his I don't. Agree, I don't agree that we should uh, end all debates for this session because. You know, there's always a chance the next one, maybe they both realize we didn't really do much there. We should write the ship, but very doubtful. But maybe. And honestly, I don't know how else the American people are going to be informed in the slightest, except for these slam commercials that are just not helpful in any way either. Maybe like read on their websites what their platforms are. Yeah, but does that really matter? Because I don't believe that a lot of them are going to follow their platforms once they're in office. Well, that was very pessimistic, but I it was. Know. It was. A, it was a shot fired. <laughs> well, in a way, a, this is probably going to be a stretch. In a way, the president is like a debate debate moderator between both sides and Congress and all that. But I don't know, man. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that is that your way of saying that Lester Holt is more qualified than either of our candidates? Uh, maybe who knows. <laughs> I think I would vote for Lester. Just, you know, sometimes you start saying stuff and you don't really know where you're going to end up, and sometimes the ship sinks halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> At least you uh, went down with the ship there, Dave. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you didn't dodge the questions. I'll give you points for that. We won't mute your microphone. <laughs> or Greg won't activate the trap door. No, it's activated. <laughs> Can you edit in the uh, sound effect of you falling, falling down a trap door? <laughs> if I remember to. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no <laughs> so <laughs> so after we've debated about our uh, our bold claim section um, we're going to throw it over to Greg Swanner who's got himself a supported claim today that he's going to bring home and bring home the message with that was an awkward transition but he's going to bring it home oh I'm going to bring it home just like a guy on third base hopes to do in baseball And then Greg with the bold thing. I'm still probably going to use it. <laughs> okay, so my bold claim may not, not a bold claim, my supported claim may not sound very controversial, but stick with me. So my supported claim this week is that we as a people should support small businesses. And you might say, okay, great. I don't think anyone disagrees with that, but... Take a look back at your recent shopping history. Where do you do your grocery shopping? Do you go to the local spot or do you go to Walmart or Publix or Kroger? Where do you get your socks or your books? You probably don't go to the local bookstore or the local clothing department. You go to J. Crew or the mall or you just shop online at Amazon or something like that, which although is great, 
I mean, you're probably saving money, but at the end of the day, you're taking business away from people who are who that dollar would mean a lot more to than those huge corporations who your sales as a whole, like if everyone stopped shopping there, it would be huge. But maybe your money doesn't mean that much to them. So I think we should just all make a more conscious effort to help those smaller businesses. Like even in Athens, Alabama, instead of going to uh, Walmart to get our produce, we should go to Isom's, which is a small fruit and vegetable place on the side of the road. And I mean, it's very quality stuff. And I don't know why. I mean, if people go there, but for like pumpkins and things, you, they never have a huge line, which would be nice to see, I think. So, what are your thoughts? Local business stuff is usually going to be more expensive, right? Just typically. Yeah, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe I don't know. Okay, so you said that people going to like a big, big box store or whatever, are taking away a dollar that could mean a lot to the people that own the local business. But you could also look at it if you don't have a lot of money, any place where you can save money is going to help so also shopping at a local business could be taking away a very important dollar from someone who doesn't have as much so i mean i don't are you talking about like the customer yes i'm saying like if i have if i don't have a lot of money i'm going to go to whatever the cheapest place is so i don't know i don't feel like i can be like oh you should shop at local business places but i mean it would be nice if people did but I, i see why people don't yeah i mean i definitely see why people don't it's because it's cheaper but at the end of the day, is paying like two fifty nine at Walmart much better than paying three twenty nine at a smaller shop? Maybe. I mean, on one thing, no. But once you start compounding that on it, say it becomes more than just a dollar and a half. And that was seventy cents, Dave. So argument invalid. Listen, the argument is not whether or not I'm good at math. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave might accidentally shop at a small business, is what we're saying. <laughs> Very possible. I'm like, well, I wrote down everything on my grocery list, and it looked like the small business, you know, was cheaper. But um, so, Greg, I think I agree with you. I think we should we should go to small businesses more. Um, while usually I would be inclined to side with a consumer on this, I feel like it's short sighted to say that we should always shop the place with the cheapest price because we're going to end up in a place where that cheapest price isn't going to be best for the consumer eventually. Uh, We can see that with employers like um, Walmart, where at what cost can we have a low price? If we run sweatshops in China and we take jobs away from American people, like, I don't know, I think it's worse to pay a little bit more to go to a company that's maybe paying a living wage to its employees. Because really, that's going to be better, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That meant better if I said worse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, because they are, I don't know, they are worse, but they need to be better. I don't really know what I said just a minute ago, <laughs> but I know the general direction it was headed before I said whatever <laughs> I said, and that's the direction I want it to keep on going. I mean, I like the idea of people shopping at small businesses. I just don't know if it's a sustainable, like, I don't know if we can get there where everyone's like, I just shop locally. I never go to Walmart or Publix or Target. Does anyone like grocery shop at right. Target? And I'm not, I don't know, but that's super expensive. So they shouldn't do that. Yeah. I've never but done it before. I'm not saying like you shouldn't go to the big places, but maybe like every other time even would be huge. Because I understand that, I mean, it, it would be terrible if 
everyone just shopped at the small businesses and then the huge corporations went out of business too. That would be terrible. So I'm just saying maybe even like when you're buying a book, maybe don't buy it off of Amazon. Go to Kim's Bookstore on the Square, which is not a real place, but it might be somewhere. Or even nowadays, I mean, Books a Million and Barnes and Noble are hurting. So maybe throw them some love instead of just saving a couple bucks by buying it online. Is basically my bigger argument here. I don't feel any particular sympathy for Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. I mean, maybe I should. I don't know. The textbooks, like, I feel like wherever I can get my textbook the cheapest, like, I want to do it because I feel like the textbook companies have it out for us anyway. Like, maybe with regular books. Right. I meant regular books. I don't even think Books a Million sells textbooks, do they? I don't know. Maybe. I do that with, like, with guitar stuff. I always feel better about buying something from one of the local places as opposed to Guitar Center. But then I, <laughs> a lot of the time I go to Guitar Center because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. They they just get really good used prices. I mean, it's hard to argue with price. I'm conflicted, man. I think the real answer to this could be um, maybe buying stuff from the cheap place, but then voting for legislation that makes it a more even, even playing field for small business, which could be like in way of tax breaks is for small businesses or something to that effect where they can lower, have their prices on an equitable playing field with big consumers that have, you know, built-in advantages that come with large-scale production. I mean, maybe, but then that takes away their competitive advantage, which is, I mean, they worked to get there, though. Who? Whom? Sorry. Like, the big businesses, uh, most of them started small and then worked to get to where they are now, so. I don't know. I don't like the whole idea of government getting involved in, like, regulating things. I just think, uh, as a person, we should decide, like, hey, I realized that I could spend a little more at this small place, but I would be helping out Miss Maggie Lou, who runs this shop with her husband, and I would like to do that, so I'm going to do that. Oh, just to harken back to Jacob's bold claim, this does sound like the pre- kind of presidential debate I would like to hear, talking about issues. Yeah, totes for goats. You want to run, Greg? Yeah, let's run on a ticket as co-presidents. I think we could do that. <laughs> I feel like we could. Everybody could have something to like if we ran on the same ticket. That's right. Um, no, but even like a place like Low Mill is really what I'm talking about here. I mean, I buy T-shirts there that are not out of this world great quality, but I like the idea of supporting these local artists who design shirts that are neat. So I think that's neat. And even Piper and Leaf, that's probably not the best tea you could buy, but it's a little tea shop that you can go and support a little Piper and Leaf place and. Buy some tea. Yeah. I mean, I like I like the idea. I just don't know how we convince people to do it. Well, I think we're doing a darn good job right here, Dave. With 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 this supported claim right here. That's right. <laughs> our, our listenership. What else were you saying? Where I you think, support? Oh, go ahead. Where you support? Go ahead, Dave. I Sorry. Think, I think the name you used was Mary Lou. So that's like, I don't know. I think it's easier to support small business if you're in a small town where you know the person who owns a small business. Because it's like, oh, I'm right. hoping... Keith with his art artisanal lawnmower business, or Isn't it I'm helping, to like makeup. I'm helping Stephanus with his house-fed rooster burgers. Yeah, I don't think that's a real <laughs> name or business. But yeah, I mean, I agree with that point. But I don't think it should be that way. If even if you're in a big city and you see a local shop, I my hope is that you think, oh, this is a local place. I'm going to go here instead of Subway. I'm going to go to Donnie's Sub Shop. I have a question for you, Greg. Okay. 
what you said earlier to repeat and not to, to like create a straw man here. You said you want the individuals to make decisions that benefit small business, but you don't want the government to get involved. I don't know. It depends on the type of government involvement. But yes, that is my general idea. And so it's individuals making decisions with their money. What if they want part of their tax dollars to go to a subsidy for small business as opposed to a different tax rate on corporation on corporations? Because isn't essentially that's what they're doing when they're buying from small businesses, but they could just make that decision where it, when it doesn't hurt as much or with money that's already in the system. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But uh, I mean, I, for one, would probably not vote for that just because, I don't know, I feel like our money could be used better and then our disposable income could do could do what i'm talking about here gotcha. and maybe i'm not even talking about like long run always shop at little small businesses but maybe try it at least because if you right. try donnie sub shop over subway and donnie sub shop's just terrible then that's not on you that's on donnie i mean if the product is not good then i'm not saying you should go there i'm just saying if it's comparable then go to the smaller place yeah i think that's more that's more achievable. I like that. I feel like that's the easier goal to attain than only shop local. Good. Compromise. <laughs> Comp. We should run the government. We should. <laughs> How about that a debate where we didn't call each other names and no one and no one yelled during any of our presentations? I have an idea. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. 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 We have two debates. Uh, uh. We have we have the entertaining debate. We don't really talk about anything. You're just really like snippy at each other and then we have like the substantive topics debate i think that's called the vice presidential debate because <laughs> i mean one's the debate we need one's the debate we want <laughs> valid even the even the commercials for the debates made it seem like they were gonna like box like you commented before dave yeah <laughs> the cnn uh gop debate i believe it was it just like yeah. dramatic like ding, 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 music while it just like Yeah, wrong. That's weird. It's real weird. Steel cage match. Well, thank you, Greg. That was very enlightening. That went. I went a bunch of places that I liked going. That nice political debate, including didn't get too political, but it you know it it got in there. We discussed some real stuff. And speaking of real stuff, we've got some real live tips for you coming up in this next section after the break. Be sure to implement them sometime before you listen to episode 5, which will be coming at you next week. In any case, starting us off with a tip for the week will be Dave Johnson. All right, so this past weekend, which is the weekend of the uh, the fair? I'm bad at dates. It was was, was my my birthday weekend. It was. The weekend of Jacob's birth. (laughs) I was confused because I did not do this on the weekend. This past Thursday, the 29th of September anybody cared i went 
to Cathedral Caverns with Abigail, and we went spelunking. Although calling it spelunking is kind of seems wrong somehow because it's paved. There's a sidewalk all the way through the cave. But it got me thinking. You should try doing some outdoorsy stuff. Maybe you've never tried it. You don't know if you're an outdoorsy person. Or maybe you don't feel like you're an outdoorsy person. But there's some things you can do that are like, there's a scale of outdoorsiness. Which I feel like Cathedral Caverns is on the easy side of the scale. In that our tour guide drove a golf cart the whole time. So it's not like you're really spunking, but you're in a cave. You can see cool cave stuff. Or you can go all the way on the other end. Where you can take these wild cave tours. Where you're actually like crawling under stuff. And spelunking. Headlamp. Whole deal. Or go on hikes. I think there's different levels of hiking trails. Like I think there are ranking systems of how difficult they are. Or you could just go find a nice spot in hammock. It's literally just laying down in nature. So I think you should try some outdoorsy stuff. In the coming weeks. Some nice fall weather. It's hard to argue with. I would I would be down for that. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm kind of upset you didn't invite us, Dave. I would have loved to go spelunking with you. I don't know about you, Greg. I think you would have won as well. I would also like to like climb a tree or <laughs> jump out of a plane. Does that count? Jump, skydiving? Is that being in nature? Uh, it, yeah. It, it harkens back to a time where Dave once yelled he was a natural-born climber and then <laughs> climbed a tree right there. Yeah. Climbing a tree works. I mean, sure, skydiving works here in nature. Yeah. I'm Especially afraid of skydiving. I'm never going to do it, but yeah. I would absolutely do that. Well, Dave, that was enlightening. I just want to go outside and do something now. Hmm. Enlightening, huh? That's your I word might, of day, I think. I might even be going Dude, on a walk later tonight. Dude, speaking of walking, I started listening to a podcast earlier today that talked a little about walking. And it was talking about walking in meditation. And that seemed a little too out there for me. So then I reined it back in and I found a different podcast because that seemed a bit crazy. And I did Meditation for Beginners. And right before we did this podcast, and this is going to lead right into my tip, guys, so watch this segue. I think you should try it out. Meditation's pretty cool. Um, the one time I did it, and I think I fell asleep. But um, I had a pretty stressful week last week, had a lot going on. There was a bunch of midterm stuff, and I had another lab practical today. So it was a lot going on. But then, you know, it was nice to just take a second and just focus on breathing and getting all the, the stress of the world out. And you have somebody that sounds like um, Pat Bacon's wife talking to you. It's pretty cool. Did you just reference Mrs. Bacon, the substitute teacher? <laughs> yeah, she has a voice for meditation. Let's, let's wow. all just be real here. And open what a throwback. <laughs> what a throwback. But yeah, you know, it's, it was a nice thing. It was like 15 minutes and you just take a second and you just don't worry about the day. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think you have to go all out and like go into some kind of deep trance or burn aromatherapy candles, but just like taking a second and just focusing on letting, letting what what is be what it is. So what that, do you like? What do you think about? Do you think about like what do you want to eat tonight? What movie you want to watch? That like what do you do? So the idea is you lay there and you know you get this like soft music playing. And I, I would just sat on my bed. So I put a little pillow up and just laid back, let my arms rest. And you just focus on your breathing. So you just like inhale, deep inhale, deep exhale. And you just completely focus on your breathing. And of course, like, you know, thoughts are going to come into your head. But then this little, I don't know, you're supposed to like let them go past. And the moderator's like, hey, don't think about your thoughts. Think about your breathing. And then eventually you're just not thinking about anything you're just kind of like dreaming a little bit or maybe asleep i don't really know how it works but i eventually he was like hey man it's time to stop doing the meditation thing and i was like oh 
I think he stops talking at one point during the meditation podcast, and then you fall asleep, and then he's like, hey, man, wake up. And I did, and I felt better. Are you at all concerned that you may be hypnotized by him right now? Uh, I don't know. If one of my trigger words is said during the rest of this podcast, I think I'll, I might break out and do some kind of... <laughs> I think that might be the goal of the rest of the major podcast, is to find out what the trigger <laughs> word is and what you're going to have to do. Pterodactyl. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> It was actually pterodactyl Steve. So, bumpkin. <laughs> I like that you chose that word. Uh, where did you come up with bumpkin? <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> In any case, though, you guys should try it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, I wouldn't say invest, like go out and buy like a hundred dollar mat, and but you could do it out in nature as well. Just take a second to just think about your breathing and let the world's cares go away. Is there like a podcast? And that's all. The meditation where you just like sit cross-legged and go like um you know i don't know i don't even know how i would search for that okay <laughs> me either but i mean i'd be into it just went like at first I mean, there's a whole bunch of different kinds at first when you said meditation that's what i thought of now, there wasn't any alming in this one but i think you could probably add it pretty easy if you maybe wanted next to time. <laughs> maybe so while you guys are meditating on what Dave and I have brought to the table here. Greg's going to offer us his tip for the week. Yeah, mine is kind of morbid, actually, but I think it's important. I read an article recently that said, and I, I feel like this is pretty intuitive, but we are, as in I and Jacob and Dave, all of us, are in control of our own happiness. Okay, I feel like I can get behind that. Of course, there's all obviously situations that happen in life that are going to make us not happy. So this article basically just said that an important thing of every day is to maybe at the end of the day or just during the day, whenever you have a free time, possibly pre or post meditation, you can sit and just think, was I happy today? And then you think about it, say, yeah, then if you were happy that day, you can say, think about what made you happy and then. Whatever that was, try to incorporate that into literally every day. So then you do that. And if you weren't that happy that day, you think about why you weren't that happy. And then try to cut that out from then forward. So, I mean, it, I don't think it has to be an in-depth, like, what makes me happy kind of thing. You can just be like, I didn't wake up until 11 o'clock today. And that kind of bummed me out because I wanted to get up and get going. Well, then you totally single that out from then. So then forward, you can try to make be better about getting up if that makes sense and if you get happy by eating ice cream and you ate ice cream that day then you'd be like i ate ice cream it made me happy i'm gonna eat ice cream tomorrow there you go <laughs> that's my little my little tip hmm. i think sometimes people feel like that their baseline should be happy but really your baseline is more like flat like i feel like this doesn't seem relevant but i'm going here so i feel like you're like your level playing field is neither happy nor sad, and people assume that, like, where your baseline should be is, like, in happiness. That had nothing to do with your point, really. That just made me think of that. I agree. Yeah, Dave, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was, like, why would you not be happy if you could be happy? Oh, no. You should just be happy not being happy. I think happy. you should be What's happy. Up? I just feel like sometimes people assume that they should always be happy. And, like, sometimes you're going to just be, you know, somewhere in the middle. You're not like, woo, but you're also not like... I feel like you're just being pessimistic, Dave. (laughs) You're like, you shouldn't expect to be happy so much, then you won't be so sad when you're sad. I'm not even even trying to apply this to your point, just talking about happiness made me think of it. 
I don't know. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. I want to dive down this rabbit or maybe, hole. Or maybe people. Wait, I think you should. I think you should collect your thoughts, and we can talk about it next week. And this could be a totes cliffhanger, like Walking Dead. Oh, absolutely. I want. I want to hear about. Is it. Dave talking about? Find out next time. Find I'm out not next even time. Sure. Be happy in the meantime before Dave depresses you with what he talks about next week on the Banter <laughs> Podcast. And will he get better at math? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Find out. Find out as he tells you about his song for this week. Okay. Ooh, so, segue. All, all talks of happiness and sadness aside, let me tell you about this week's song. So this week we're going to... Earlier I mentioned Bonnie Vare put out a new album. And the song I'm going to put play today comes from that album it is called eight parentheses circle in parentheses because he titled all of them really weird things it's off his album 22 comma a million that came out on october the first this has only been out two days and the song's kind of like a it's one of the most straightforward songs on it it's kind of like a ballady not slow jam it's got an 80s like a mix of like 80s pop music and gospel anyway i like it it's pretty. It makes you feel things. So I guess it did Not apply. Happy, to, right? I guess it did apply to the happy sad thing. But anyway, we we're going to ride out on eight circle uh, Bonnie there. Happy episode four, everybody. You are the movement. The platypus is really a sleeper agent. Full of What I
time just pass me by I'ma make it half the night Thank you. 